From the Alleyoub to Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's uh, me, 49ers Camelot, and Anthony Robertson of 49ers Cutback. And we are thrilled to have a show this week where we're talking 49ers Super Bowl. What's up, Ant? How's it going? It's going great. And, you know, this week brings a lot of cool thoughts, a lot of cool memories, because you start remembering nostalgically all the things that have happened in 49ers history Uh, But also, you just look at this matchup, and it's just everything you want. You've got the upstart quarterback in Brock Purdy going against a perennial pro bowler and probably eventual gold jacket wearing Patrick Mahomes. You have two of the best tight ends in the league. You have two two of the best offensive minds in the league as the coaches. There's just so much to unpack this week. I've been having a lot of fun talking 49ers versus Chiefs. Um, Even though I want the game to be here, and I want it to be here fast because I want the Niners to to win and have that (laughs) – Six Super Bowl. I, I'm enjoying the process. I really am enjoying all the conversations yeah. with everyone. It's it's just been a fun week. Yeah, it has. Josh is in our uh, PSF chat. He said, "What's up, fellas? Few days away from number six. That's the hope, man. That is the dream. Uh, hoping that the 49ers do that. I I tell you, this is strange, but at the beginning of the season, I had. In fact, this may have been before the season even started." I had a dream that the 49ers were in the Super Bowl and they got off to a really good start. And um, so let's hope that happens and then I'll claim to be prophetic or whatever, but uh, uh, we'll have to see. They do need to get off to a good start. Let's start there with the 49ers offense. We'll get to the defense because I'm a little more concerned on that side of the ball. But uh, when the 49ers have the ball and the Chiefs are on defense – what do you see in there that you like? What do you see in there that you don't like? Because the 49ers' strength running the ball just happens to be the Chiefs' defense weakness in stopping the run. They do have a really good defense, but uh, stopping the run is not uh, not their strength. Playoff time and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. And our partner, Bet Online is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of Gatorade. Bet Online is your number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online today and get into all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. Yeah, if you're going to find one avenue to attack Kansas City, it's going to be running the football. And I think Kansas City knows that. You know, I mean, Spagnola's done a pretty good all season being able to disguise that, negate that. Uh, but when you're looking at exactly how uh, you go about attacking Kansas City, it's on the edges too. It's it's running the football off tackle with the outside zone, getting uh, Christian McCaffrey the ball, and just letting him do his thing. If you go back and you watch some of Kansas City's biggest losses this year or even <clears throat> games where they struggled against the run, it was a very similar Jets offense that was getting the ball on the outside and making plays there with Brees Hall. And then you look at the Raiders, and they had a lot of success. They never went away from the the, the running game. And so I think this is a tough matchup for Kansas City. The 49ers should be able to lean heavily on Christian McCaffrey. 
And I think Kyle Shanahan is going to do a very good job of getting Debo the freaking ball, as Debo would say, get me that ball. And I think they're going to make sure they use him uh, to keep them off balance so they can't aggressively go after McCaffrey as much. 2019 video shows that's what Kyle Shanahan did to Steve Spagnuolo's defense was use Debo Samuel to keep him off balance. And I think he's going to do the same thing in this matchup. Yeah, excited to see what happens because if, and by the way, Randy Daytona's here with us uh, in the chat and traffic is with us as well. So welcome, uh, welcome to the Red and Bold Show. Thanks for joining us. So this is the thing that I look at whenever you go back to Super Bowl 54, you have a 10-point lead midway through the uh uh, the fourth quarter. You have Raheem Mostert, who two weeks before had rushed for over 200 yards against the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game. And he had run the ball well. The 49ers had been really creative. They were moving the ball well. They they put up some points. Uh, and so here, here you, you take this, this fourth quarter where you have a 10-point lead, half of the quarter's gone, and you need to milk the clock. You need to move the ball. You need to run down that clock. Now, you don't want to go all conservative and just start, um, you know, ignoring any kind of aggressive uh, pursuit of moving the ball, but you do need to run the ball. You need, you need to get that clock down. And so what happens, the 49ers stop running the ball, Kansas City climbs back into the game, and then when everything was on Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulders, where now you have to throw the ball, he just couldn't do it. And part of that was Chris Jones beating up on the offensive line. Part of it was that Jimmy, just whenever he would get in those situations, would get kind of happy feet. And so this time they have to correct that mistake and stick with the running game no matter what? I think, yes, they need to make sure they run the ball consistently and they need to run it well. I think that, yes, uh, that game, you had an interception there with just over seven minutes. You get the ball back. You have all the momentum in the world. You're two, three first downs away from milking this clock to where that comeback is not going to happen. And I think that Kyle Shanahan looked at it and he, you know, he approached it the same way you would with a, a quarterback that's capable is, he looked at what Steve Spagnuolo was doing. He was loading up to stop the run game, and he said, hey, we are going to have to do this with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the football. The problem was they couldn't successfully execute what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. I think we're in a different category this year with Brock Purdy <clears throat> because I don't think defenses can load up, stack the box as much, uh, just completely commit to stopping the run because Brock Purdy will hurt you. With Jimmy Garoppolo, you could pressure him. You could get him to the ground consistently consistently. And you could create a lot of negative plays. With Brock, he'll throw the football away. He'll escape the pocket, extend plays. He'll use his legs to get yardage. I went back and I watched that Super Bowl game, and there's a very significant drive. The very first drive of the game for the 49ers, they kick a field goal. They miss a throw to George Kittle. And on that play, they pan to the sideline. They show Kyle Shanahan talking with Jimmy Garoppolo. And Garoppolo is talking, and then you see Kyle say, okay, didn't just run. And Jimmy says something back, and he goes, run the ball. And I think in that moment, you realize that that's the difference between Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy in this matchup in the Super Bowl is, yeah, you want to play zone. You want to play all of our guys deep. That's great. We're going to let Brock Purdy run the ball underneath and get those three yards for a first down. And now you're not starting the game with a field goal, but potentially a touchdown. 
I think there's a big significance between that. And I think that's what helps the run game. Because now when you have Brock Purdy able to beat them with his arm and consistently, you can't come eight guys in the box. You can't be uh, taking away that run game. So I think it's going to be tougher for Kansas City than it was in 2019. Yeah, that's uh, that's for sure. Now, when you say that uh, that you saw him, you saw Kyle saying then just run the ball, was he telling him to run the ball himself or is he telling him to check down to a run? Because uh, once Garoppolo had that knee injury, he was not very mobile at all. Now, he could yeah, he, he would, could pick up three yards. I mean. Yeah, and that's what he was trying to tell him is, is run because the play, when you look at the play, there's no one within like eight yards of the line of scrimmage. I mean, no defenders there. They're running man coverage. Uh, they're all turned and running away. If he just takes off and there was a huge lane for him to run, he's picking up the first down and he's sliding before anyone's even close to him. I think that was one of those things that definitely Kyle Shanahan realized he needed in his offense. And we've heard him say it before. Yeah, you have the quarterback that can operate the system. I love that, but not every play is going to work. Sometimes you have to create, sometimes you have to make things happen. I think Kyle's been looking for that guy. That's why they drafted Trey Lance. And now Brock Purdy ends up being that guy for the 49ers. Yeah, Josh in the chat said uh, they were so one-dimensional with Jimmy. I th- I think that they were one-dimensional once things got got to a place where they couldn't run the ball. When they had that good blend of play action and the running games working, and they can they can play action play action off of that, I think that they were really good and they were really balanced. But once they got to a spot where okay, now we know you're not going to run the ball. They they just couldn't move it. Where I think now it's different. Purdy has the ability to, uh, to, to continue to move the ball when everybody knows that they're only going to be throwing the ball. And because of that, I think that Kyle has a lot more confidence in him than he did in Jimmy. Yeah, and the 49ers are going to run a lot of big sets. I expect to see Charlie Warner a lot in this matchup. You're going to see a lot of 21 personnel, which is, you know, Kyle Uschek. That's normally what the 49ers do, 21 personnel, two running backs, one tight end. But I expect to see some 12 and 22 personnel as well because the Chiefs are just not very good against it. They're 25th best uh, in those situations against the run. So I expect the 49ers to load up, run, try to run it down their throat. And where the Lions were very aggressive and putting extra guys in the box and going with heavier sets, extra defensive linemen, right? We've seen Green Bay go with six guys along the defensive line. That's not what the Chiefs do. Spagnola plays his base 4-3 set, and he just expects you to not be consistent with the run game. So I expect the 49ers to load up and try to run at the Chiefs uh, probably early on in this game and get Kyle Juszczyk and Charlie Warner making some big blocks for this team. Do you think they're going to be pretty balanced as far as run versus pass, or do you think it's going to be heavy run? I mean, it's, I feel like every time we think it's going to be a heavy run game, Kyle comes out and throws the ball. But what do you what what would you think there? Balanced, or is it going to lean a little more heavy to the run side? Uh, when Kyle builds his script, it's always supposed to be somewhat even. Now, of course. As you move the football, your script changes. You have things that, you know, these are my red zone plays. These are my third and short plays. And so you're not completely just running a script the whole time. So sometimes it looks like he should, you know, he never runs the ball because he got into the first of his, you know, other calls. Uh, But I think they want to run the ball. But what is Steve Spagnola going to show them? If Steve Spagnola comes up with eight guys and they're loading the box to take away Christian McCaffrey, 
I think the 49ers are going to try to throw it to soften up that defense. And once they do, I think Brock Purdy can have success. Then they'll back up, and then you can go with the run. But the goal is to eventually get it to where you're running consistently with Christian McCaffrey, reeling off big runs, and creating opportunities where you can keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline and you can just consistently, methodically move the ball down the field. That's exactly what you want to have happen. But the method of getting there is going to be interesting. If Spagnola plays two safeties deep, 49ers are going to run the ball early. If he plays them in the box, uh, we'll probably see some to keep them honest. But for the most part, it's going to rely on Brock Purdy's arm. So Josh says, uh, first play will be a run. Second will be a Debo play. Third play is a 20-yard out to Ayuk. I like that. Uh, that I mean, that's, for one thing, you're, you're moving the ball down the field. I mean, if you're getting a 20-yard out on the third play of the game, that's good. But the but you're also spreading it around and starting to get your weapons involved, which I think is an important thing. When we go back to the NFC Championship game, in, it, when Kyle Shanahan was asked afterward about halftime adjustments, what he said was, I just said, let's let's forget about scheme and just get the ball to our best players, to our playmakers. And so I think that that's uh, a good recipe for success. Randy said, I'm saying three runs up the middle. It's Kyle. <laughs> well, I hope not unless they, unless they all go for um, good yardage. But how about uh, before we get to the defense, let's talk special teams because I just put out the 49ers web zone mailbag today and somebody asked me, do you think that the 49ers special teams will have a big impact on the game? And my response was, the 49ers special teams rarely have a, a positive impact on a game. So let's hope that they don't have a big impact because I'm guessing that would be negative. And so when we look at kickoffs, I would fully anticipate that Jake Moody is going to be kicking it out of the end zone just to cover up that uh, uh, the lack of, uh, of coverage there and the lack of, of tackling that the special teams units, especially like the, the, the punt team, the kickoff. I, I feel like the kickoff team's been worse, but maybe, maybe you have seen it differently than the, than the punt team. But so I, I think that he's going to be kicking it in the end zone. I'm not worried about Mitch Wisnowski. He does his job. If the if those that are back receiving kicks and receiving punts can hang on to the ball and not fumble it, then I think that the only thing we're talking about is Jake Moody. And so when the game comes to a spot where he needs to come in and kick an extra point or kick a field goal, he needs to make those. And and if it comes down to a, a last-second field goal to win or lose the game, hopefully he can do it. He had a really good season. Uh, I think that uh, I think that he was like 21 of 24, 21 of 25 on the season during, during the regular season. Now in the playoffs, he hasn't been quite as uh, quite as consistent as he was, but small sample size, so I'm not too concerned. What are you feeling about the special teams unit? Yeah, I mean this is one matchup that definitely favors Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City has the sixth best best uh, special teams as far as DVOA in the league. 49ers are sitting there at 25, and they have not been a successful group all season, even though. They've allocated a lot of resources over the last couple of years to making their special teams unit better. Oren Burks, George Odom, 
Now, those guys have missed some games. Ray Ray McLeod, and I see traffic, says, hey, expect Debo to be back for any kicks. I wouldn't put it out of the question. It depends on the moment and the situation. Uh, but you've got to give the edge to Kansas City when it comes to special teams. Harrison Buckter's a very good kicker. And so he's going to kind of uh, keep them going as that offense keeps rolling. Now, the 49ers want to see a lot of Buckter kicking field goals in this game. Allow him to kick field goals and just keep Jake Moody kicking extra points. Jake Moody, 65 to 66 on the season with extra points. That's where you want him to be. You want this to be a touchdown field goal type game. 49ers getting touchdowns, field goals for Kansas City. But I think you're entirely right. Kick the ball, the end zone, that seemed to negate the big play potential for special other special teams units. And you're right. The punt, the punt coverage has been a lot better. A part of it, they have good gunners, but Mitch Wisnowski is a stud. He, he punts it so good consistently, gets a lot of hang time, and really he just doesn't have to punt very much. His leg's probably nice and fresh. Uh, so the 49ers <laughs> definitely need to make sure they mask some of the weaknesses of their special teams unit. You can't allow big plays in the Super Bowl especially. So, yeah, make the smart plays, kick it out of the end zone, try not to punt very much, and let's keep it out of Jake Moody's hands. As much as I think Jake Moody can go in there and kick a field goal, I, I don't want him to have to. I want this to be touchdowns. To put the onus on Brock Purdy in the offense to get it done, I think they can. Yeah, as far as Debo fielding kicks, I, I don't know. I, I would have said he's absolutely going to do it, but that uh, shoulder injury um, a few weeks ago makes me pause a little bit. So I, I think that if he's feeling fine, and he's not having any issues with it, then maybe they'll go ahead and put him back there. I'd love to see it because he is better at it than Ray Ray McLeod. Uh, we're talking kickoffs, not punts. And uh, although Debo would probably do great at that as well. Um, but I, I think that it, it really is going to come down to where he is um, most comfortable as from a health standpoint uh that's that's the only thing so maybe they'll they'll use ray ray mcleod in the first half and maybe once they get to the second half maybe then debo comes in i don't know it's it's gonna be fun to see i but i think it's a i think there's a real good chance they'll use him back there especially if he's feeling better yeah i can't hold anything back now right to quote dan faust from the water boy uh you just got to go out there and (laughs) let it all hang out and situationally if they need it they need a spark Put Debo back there. There's a chance he's going to get you know a long kickoff return. I would expect Kansas City to go ahead and just kick it out of the end zone in those circumstances. Why allow Debo uh, to make any sort of plays? They don't want Debo to have the ball in his hands at any time, let alone yeah. an opportunity where he's got open space to make something happen. He's one broken tackle away from taking to the house and changing the complexion of the entire game. Um, but I can see the 49ers doing it, especially if they feel like they want to at least start at the 25. Maybe Ray Ray is not getting there. Uh, put Debo back though. Back there, you'll for sure get kicks out of the end zone. Yeah, good point. Let's flip over to the defensive side. Well, before we do, any any last things on on the offense? Uh, could we see a McCaffrey game where he goes for over a hundred, maybe has forty yards receiving, scores two or three touchdowns? I wonder if we might see something like that. I think they're going to rely heavily on Christian McCaffrey and Debo in the run game and in the the passing game. It's going to be important to get the horizontal passing game going, get some quick screens that on the gate, Steve Spagnola's uh, blitzing and just get the ball out into those playmakers hands in space, put the onus on the players in the secondary to make tackles. Now they're a pretty good tackling team, but this is still Debo and Christian McCaffrey in the open field. 
And for every good tackle, there's three or four that absolutely get missed. And so I think the Fournier's are going to do that. I also am expecting some creativity with George Kittle, uh, either screens and or maybe even like a jet sweep look, something like that, just to keep them off balance. I think that's going to be a key in this game. And yes, I do think Christian McCaffrey can have a big game. I won't be surprised if it's two plus touchdowns. I think he's going to be in competition for MVP of the Super Bowl uh, by the end of the night, because I think no matter what Spagnola does, whether he tries to take, take away the run early or late, uh, Fournier's are going to just make sure eventually they feed him until uh, Kansas City can't handle any more CMC. So Jim Everett the Great says, Purdy interception waiting to happen. Get out of here, Rams fan. Like y- y'all shouldn't, y'all don't even know much about the Super Bowl anymore. Like you won one. Well, I guess you won, you won two, but that was in St. Louis, so that doesn't even count. And Jim Everett, Jim Everett sacked himself once. So yeah, let's that's just what I was that. He say. sacked himself. Yeah, and Josh said Jim Everett was trash. <laughs> and then Jim Everett said, I see I hurt your feelings with party facts. No, it didn't hurt our feelings, man. We just don't like stupidity. Um, that's the only thing. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. But, uh, yeah, her- hopefully Purdy doesn't throw any interceptions. We don't want that. So let's talk um, – uh, wait, what? Did, let me see this. Jimmy stats were better with CMC than Purdy. Kyle Shannon drank too many beers, Super Bowl Monday. Yeah, he might have Maybe. Super Bowl Monday, but your uh, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo stats were not better with McCaffrey than Purdy. So you need to go back and and do some homework there, pal. But uh but hey, thanks for joining us. <laughs> but still. Um all right, let's talk defensively and here's I'm going to throw this question um all right, Randy asks, Randy asks this question, and then I'll, I'll get to Josh's question. What happens – I don't know where this came from. What happens if Mooney Ward breaks his ankle in the first quarter? <laughs> that, that would be bad. Yeah, let's not, uh, let's not have that happen. Um, but here's the question I was uh, looking at, it, Josh. Uh, what's your ideal plan for Kelsey defensively? Good question. Yeah, it's going to take a variety of factors to slow down Travis Kelsey. Uh, we know how good he is against zone, so you're going to have to mix up zone. You're going to have to mix up man coverage. And I think you're going to have to mix up you know, who exactly is all around him. You're going to have to make sure you're consistently focused on him because he will do unorthodox things. He will break off a route when he's not supposed to. He will run to an area that is not a part of the actual route concept. So you just have to make sure you're attached to him. Be on his hip. Find him. When he comes into your zone, don't cover grass. Cover Travis Kelsey. And I think the Fournier's are going to find different ways to do it. I think they're going to use Fred Warner some. I think they'll probably end up using uh, Tashawn Gibson a lot. He's been really good against tight ends this year. But the 49ers always have good plans for tight ends. Uh, and I think they're going to have them in this game as well. I think they'll probably do some fire zone blitzes, drop off a defensive end underneath occasionally to take away an underneath route to Travis Kelsey. They're fourth best against tight ends in the league, and I think they'll go out with a pretty disciplined game plan uh, to slow him down. He, Travis Kelsey's going to get his catches. He's going to make plays. You just want to make sure when he has those catches, they're short gains, and that when you tackle him, you're physical, you get him to the ground, and you just put the onus on Patrick Mahomes to consistently make the plays. Uh, but there's no stopping Kelsey. You just you just hope that you can limit his effectiveness, and I think if you can limit, the, limit his effectiveness, you can probably slow up that uh, Kansas City offense a lot. Do you have any concerns with the 49ers' defense uh, facing the Kansas City run game 
they they haven't been bad, but they're they're not on the level of Detroit and Green Bay. But still, the way the 49ers run game has looked recently, uh, that gives me some concern. I fully expect Andy Reid to test them on the edge. Uh, 2022, you go back and you watch that film, October 22nd, it'll stand out forever. Nicole Hardman killed the 49ers on jet sweeps. So I think they'll test it, jet sweeps, push passes, try to force the issue with 49ers, you know, edge players. And it's not just the defensive ends. It's also your force defender, which is normally your outside corner. He's got to step up and force that play in. And your alley defenders have to make sure they go up and make tackles. So I think they'll test it. And I think if the 49ers can make some plays there, uh, they'll abandon the run a little bit. Andy Reid has went away from the run game a lot this season. He has a tendency to turn away from it, even though all signs point towards Kansas City going out there and trying to be aggressive in the run. You just don't know if he's going to do it. If I had a one game plan for the 49ers as far as stopping the run, I would change my alignment a little bit and adjust my players just a little bit slightly more outside than normal to give them an edge on some of these blocking angles. It can leave you susceptible to the middle, but I would just count on Hardgrave and Armstead to get it done in the middle. Uh, no Joe Thune could mean an opportunity for the 49ers to maybe hold them down there while you can give some extra help to the outside. Uh, this kind of goes back to the offense, but Jim Everett, the great, said Purdy regressed after Ravens exposed his clear weaknesses. Now, I I disagree with that. I I don't think that he, I don't think that he showed weaknesses. I think that he made a bad throw uh, in the end zone that was picked off, and then I think that he had some balls tipped, and so I don't I don't really uh, agree with that. Uh, let's see. Josh said over under five holes for Jawan Taylor. Yeah. If he's uh, having think, to face Bosa, then it could be over. I mean, I think Bosa was very smart with what he did with his comments. I'm sure the NFL doesn't really like that. Uh, but you got a referee crew that doesn't normally call very many holding calls. Offensive holding calls won't be the first thing on their mind, but Jawan Taylor struggles with technique and he's going to struggle with Nick Bosa. Bosa's speed will make it difficult for him to be able to stop him around the outside. And with the way Bosa plays with leverage, I think he can get under Jawan Taylor and walk him back. I think we're going to see times in this game where Jawan Taylor's chasing Bosa from behind, grabbing him by the waist. I, I just think Bosa is going to get held a lot in this game, and we'll see how much the refs call it. But now that it's been highlighted and pointed out, it's a lot harder for them to ignore. What um, what what do you see – from Chase Young in this game. Um, he was called out for especially that one play uh, when Jameer Gibbs scored. He wasn't the only one that was that looked to be uh, maybe not given his all. But regardless, <clears throat> he's, he's addressed it himself this week and uh, talked about how there's no excuse and, and that you're going to see a different Chase Young. How do you see the matchup uh, with, with the Chiefs' offensive line versus what Chase Young might be able to bring to the table. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. He's going to be going against Donovan Smith. And Donovan Smith, if you look at his PFF grade, not the best. Uh, but when I watch him on film, I see a pretty good left tackle. And so Chase is going to have his hands full. And the 49ers need Chase Young to be a dynamic pass rusher in this game. Because when you blitz Patrick Mahomes, uh, you blitz at your own peril. I mean, he's just that good when it comes to uh, being blitzed. He's only blitzed 15% of the time, and there's a reason. People fear him being blitzed. So 
49ers have to count on their front four to get after Patrick Mahomes. And I think Chase Young's a big reason. Now, most of the commentary about Chase Young has been lack of effort or, you know, him not being very good against the run setting the edge. What I saw was some inconsistency in the last game, but I also saw some very brilliant plays as well where he showed just how physical he is, set good edges and made tackles. Um, He actually is one of the top guys in the league right now in the playoffs with tackles for negative plays. So he has made plays. He just hasn't been what everyone's expecting him to make. I think in this one, he has to be Donovan Smith. He has to put pressure on Patrick Mahomes, and that will limit what they do to Bosa because they know that's a real weakness. And so they're going to chip him. They're going to cut him. That was the method in 2022. We're going to get our running backs to cut his legs. I think Chase Young could expect that at times as well. But if Chase can become a legitimate force in this game on that other side, that's going to make it easier for everyone else. And once again, we talked about Thune earlier. If Chase Young's rushing really good, Hargrave going against Nick Allegretti, I like that matchup for the 49ers. That could be a huge one. But if they don't have to help at all, uh, then you might not get those one-on-one matchups that we're looking for. Creed Humphrey might be there helping with Hargrave the whole game. One of the things that that people said about Chase Young when the 49ers first made the trade was that he has a tendency to occasionally um, go off on his own on a play, like as in he's going for the big splash play rather than doing what the coaches uh, tell him to do. Have you seen any of that on film with the 49ers? No, I haven't really seen him going against what the team asked him to do. Uh, I just, I just think that sometimes he hasn't been as successful as they wanted him to. I think it's been interesting the way he's been used. I thought when they came out of the bye week against Jacksonville, you saw a lot of creativity with the way that they were using him and Bosa, lining them up in the A gaps on obvious pass downs, you know, creating opportunities for those guys to get some real rush off the outside. I thought since then it's kind of been just back to the basics of what the 49ers do and no real creativity as far as pass rush. I'd like to see Chase used in some other different avenues. I think that might help him a little bit, get all the matchups that he wants with angles and lanes that he wants. But uh, for me, I don't think he's did anything really off script. Um, Just, you know, there are some plays he's just not executing the level that you want him to. What about uh, the 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 five man defensive front that they've used some throughout the season? Do you think we'll see some of that? I don't. I, I not against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think that there's a lot of teams you could do it against. Last week against Jared Goff would have been a really good time to do it. They loaded up with extra offensive linemen. I don't expect Andy Reid to go to that type of look. And when you add a fifth, you know, defensive lineman you're taking one of your linebackers off the field or a nickel corner off the field, and you're creating a lane for Patrick Mahomes to find one of his receivers in open space. Uh, So I think this matchup doesn't call for them to go five defensive linemen, minus it being a goal line situation. So I I, I don't see it this week. I think it would have been very impactful last week. Now here's here's the the big question. Uh, In the second half of the NFC Championship game, Ambry Thomas injured his ankle, left the game, and the 49ers decided to put Diamondo Lenore back on the outside, and uh, they brought in Logan Ryan at uh, the nickel. Do you think that they might start with that, or do you think that if Ambry Thomas is healthy, they're just going to go with him, who probably is their best cover guy 
between him and, and Logan Ryan. Do you think that they just go back to Thomas or do you think that they stick with what was working uh, against Detroit? I think they're going to go back to Ambry Thomas. I think that they like Diamond Lenore the best playing nickel, the way that he's able to help in the run game, and that could be important this week against Isaiah Pacheco and against you know what they have to stop on the outside with these, some of these you know uh, push passes and jet sweeps and things like that. Uh, so I, I think that they like him helping against the run. They like his physicality around the box, and so Ambry Thomas is going to be tasked with being on the outside and potentially going against you know MVS and. Uh, Valdez Scantley's got a lot of speed, but if there's one thing Ambry Thomas does well, it's play the deep pass. I mean, the guy normally is on top of routes. Now we saw him have a bad pass interference call because he panicked. He wasn't on top of the route and then he panicked. If he can stay on top of MVS, I don't know how consistently MVS can run stop routes and things underneath and have consistent catches. We've seen him have a lot of drops this season. So I think that's a matchup the 49ers might like. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Logan Ryan in this game. Use him in a variety of different ways. Sometimes put three safeties on the field, depending on look. Uh, he's also a nice guy to match up against Travis Kelsey. So I think there could be some looks where you see different matchups. Uh, it's all on the table. Remember in 2019, that's when the 49ers put uh, Tarverius Moore on the field a lot. And he had some big, impactful plays when they went three safeties in that look. So uh, it, it could be there. And I think the 49ers are looking for ways to confuse Patrick Mahomes just a little bit for a second. I uh, get him off his normal rhythm. Yeah, Jim mentioned that the 49ers uh, need to tackle. That uh, That's definitely been a concern. You have to think that with some rest and with it being a Super Bowl, that we we should see their best tackling performance of the season. Going into the NFC Championship game, I really was hoping that Oren Burks would play, uh, especially with that Detroit run game. But he he had probably his worst game that I've seen from him in a while. Do you think that we're going to see a better tackling defense uh, in the Super Bowl, or or is that still a concern? No, I think we're going to see the best tackling that they've had all year. Uh, because they know. I mean, they they know what this means. You there's no re, there's no reason to wait for next week. You don't have to conserve any energy. You don't have to make sure. You have to go out there and make plays. But there's a mindset now, especially because of the type of player that a player like Isaiah Pacheco is. Uh, the guy just runs like a Tasmanian devil, and so the 49ers are going to have to make sure they bring him to the ground. And I think the onus that the the media was putting on the fact that they weren't hustling is going to be on their forefront. They're going to go out there, hustle to every single play, and they're going to try to make tackles. And you just can't allow these guys to get extra yards. So I think we're going to see the best tackling we've seen from the 49ers. It's probably the healthiest we've seen the 49ers in a while. And they're going to be ready and and willing to go out there and, and make plays. And they're going to have to because Patrick Mahomes checked it down a lot last week uh, in the AFC Championship game. Average airtime for the ball, 3.6 uh, yards. So – they're going to have to make sure they tackle underneath on those plays because they want to negate the pass rush of the 49ers. And one way you do it is get rid of the ball quickly. So I think that the 49ers are going to win. I'm going to pick them to win. I'm going to pick Christian McCaffrey to be the uh, Super Bowl MVP because I think that he's going to play well. Now, if the uh, if the Chiefs defensively are playing like if they're going all out to stop the run, then I still think the 49ers win, but I think that Brock Purdy could be the MVP. What do you think? What do you, do you who do you think's going to win? 
And who would you predict would be the MVP? Yeah, I mean, nothing about this week and my preparation has shook me from the fact that I think the 49ers are going to win this game. Um, I, I, th- I just think that when it comes down to matchups, the 49ers match up well against Kansas City, and this was a matchup that made sense for the 49ers. Uh, yes, they got Patrick Mahomes, they got Travis Kelsey, they got a good defense. But guess what? Every team that you were going to play was going to have something, right? It was going to be Lamar, and it was going to be his weapons, and it was going to be his defense. There was always going to be an obstacle that you're going to have to overcome. Uh, when it comes to who's going to be the MVP, I think that everything in, in, in my being says that Christian McCaffrey seems the most logical because I think the 49ers are going to run the football a lot. But there's something about this game, and I, I don't know what it is, uh, I don't know if it's going to be a coronation of Brock Purdy. I don't know. But Debo Samuel, for whatever reason, I just when the lights are the, the brightest, Debo Samuel shows up, I think Debo Sh- Samuel is going to throw his hat into the ring in this MVP race. I wouldn't be shocked if we got to the end of the game and we're like, we don't know. It could be McCaffrey, it could be Purdy, and it could be Debo because uh, I think Debo is going to make some big plays out on the edge. I, I kind of like maybe Debo as a fly-under-the-radar potential MVP guy. Uh, but we all know if Brock Purdy has any sort of a good game, the quarterback's going to get it. So likelihood is going to be Brock, but if it's McCaffrey or Debo, I'm not going to hate on it. Well, and you're taking uh, the, the the one that Josh picked. Uh, he said that Debo is going to be the Super Bowl MVP. So, hey, I'm cool with that as long as a 49ers player is named MVP because that means that they want – I mean, you look at that game last year – when Jalen Hurts played all world, he had a great Super Bowl. They lost that. If you're ever going to pick a losing player to be named MVP, it would have been last season. So, um, you know, I'm definitely not pro Eagles here, but uh, man, the dude was awesome last year in the Super Bowl. Um, so that's. Uh, that's all that that I have. Do you have anything else that you want to add here before we take off? Yeah, I mean, just uh, this one's going to be fun, and I think there's going to be some cool, interesting matchups. Everyone, don't get caught up in the the ebbs and flows of this thing. It's going to be like a roller coaster, but uh, don't get too high, don't get too low, and hopefully, the Forty ers stick to what they do. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, he knows what he has to do to defeat Steve Spagnuolo's defense, and I think as long as he goes with his first instinct gets his playmakers the football. The 49ers are going to consistently move the ball, and they're going to have success against Kansas City's defense. Kansas City's defense is good, uh, but they gave up 150-plus yards to Miami on the ground in the wild-card round. The 49ers can do the same thing, and if the 49ers reel off 75 yards for Christian McCaffrey, the 49ers are 12-1. and They're going to have a chance to win. So uh, I, I think this is going to be a fun game, and I look for Kyle Shanahan to kind of maybe get a little bit of get back uh, from 2019 and get a Super Bowl and kind of quiet all the noise around him. I'm, I'm, I'm in, excited for this one, and I think the 49ers are going out there to prove a point, and they're going to get it done. I'm ready for the quest for six to end. I'm ready to see some of these guys like Kyle Shanahan get what they deserve. I'm ready to see Brock Purdy win a Super Bowl, maybe even win a Super Bowl MVP to silence some of the haters, and I uh, want to see Taylor Swift cry. That's just that's what I want to see. New song material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody, uh, take a minute and uh, subscribe to the 49ers Cutback Podcast. And uh, and then do me a favor and do the same thing for the 49ers Camelot Show. We appreciate your support. Thanks so much for joining us and for being part of this. And for those that are watching in the PSF app, thank you for 
uh, for being here. I think that we have one more show uh, for PSF next week, and then we're finished um, for a while. So hope everybody enjoys uh, the Super Bowl and hope that we can celebrate uh, a big 49ers win. Yeah, go Niners. Get that sixth Super Bowl. Leave no doubt. Uh, Brock Purdy changed the narrative forever. Christian McCaffrey and Debo, go be great. Yes, 